Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Play driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. Do you hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome back to a Warriors Plus Minus podcast. We gave you a Warriors All-82 of Plus Minus. Marcus Thompson's in New York with me, so we're going to give you another All-82 after the Brooklyn game tomorrow night, which we should probably preview. Tim, Marcus... What's up? I am not in New York, by the way. I am not in New York. Let's let's make that clear. You guys are off frolicking in the New York realm. You you got a Monday night football I game. I got a you football get. game tonight. I got a football game on my, my my mind is on. But let's talk Warriors loss. All terrible things are things are blowing up there. I'm just ready for them to play a good game tomorrow in Brooklyn. Probably lose. Possibly lose. I don't know. And then everything's terrible. What's going on with his team? Oh my God, they're not good anymore. It's Standard NBA stuff happens. We'll talk about last night a little bit. I know you guys talked about it on, on All 82 or Sometimes 82, whatever that podcast is now, but you guys know me enough. What do you think I, watching a full DVR of that game, got out of it? What was the thing that I went, whoa? Rotations? Jonathan Kaminga, right? I mean, you guys talked about it on the podcast. I mean, I'd listened to Tim Roy call the game for, for most while I'm driving home, and then I turn on in the fourth quarter, and I really was thinking, okay. Kaminga really could be in that closing unit, and and there's like I know why he's not, but when you look at what they were getting from it, and it, you know Kerr's having to put Looney in there to finish or Gary Payton the second, there was a strong argument, and I, Marcus, I know you wrote about it, but there was a strong argument that John Kaminga was maybe the most exciting option. Again, I know why Kerr didn't do it, but. That guy jumps off the screen. He actually closed the first half because he was so good to start the second quarter. They actually get in the last few minutes of the second quarter. But, look, we know why it didn't happen. Like, Steve Kerr doesn't trust them. And, you know, Steve Kerr just is going to go with who he trusts. And he and it's a process, right? It's still early. He's still 19. But I think you can see this moving in that direction uh, you can see guys starting, you know, we're, we're talking about Wiseman and Clay, what happens to the rotation there. We really haven't talked about what if Kaminga is just good and good enough to excuse some mistakes, although they're not, there weren't that many last night. And to try to get all the other stuff, I swear, when he dove on the floor, like Marcus, you wrote about that play, when he, not, you know, knocked the ball loose from Lonzo Ball, I mean, I'm sorry, Lamella Ball and dove on the floor. I thought that was Draymond. Like, that's how like physically imposing that play was that I just immediately flashed like yeah yeah like like that's got to be Draymond well wait a minute that's not Draymond on the floor that's Jonathan Kaminga he just got his hand on the ball and I I tweeted this like there's been some talk around the Warriors like a, a week ago to like Kawhi Leonard is the name I not like he's going to be Kawhi Leonard but if you wanted to look at like what they're looking at him like what he could be 
And I had, obviously, we had not seen real examples of that, but they clearly have seen it in practice. Like, this guy just gets his hands on the ball. He's hard to get around. If he's on you, he's six foot eight athleticism length on you. Man, that's a role that Steve Kerr could really play with. There's no question about that. That You could see Kerr go, okay, he's 19. I don't know what he's going to do offensively. Maybe good, maybe bad. But man, if I could just throw him on to those kinds of guys, I mean, is he going to get minutes on Durant maybe? I mean, like that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, I think he might get a little quick shift on him. I, I think they, they'll try Gary Payton on him at times. Obviously, Wiggins and Iguodala will take the bulk. And, you know, Draymond and Draymond yeah, at some point. Yeah, we can get, and we can get into that matchup later. Although Draymond's got a Blake Griffin sighting. Yeah, so, you know, he he runs Draymond, Blake Griffin off the floor is what Draymond does. I just, I just think Kaminga is like some guys, like they don't necessarily want in the rotation because they, they got other things, but he's showing like he's going to have to get into this rotation. He, and he might already be in it. Yeah, well, he is in a, in a small dose right now and, and starting to earn potentially bigger doses, um, which he did yesterday. But, uh, you know, Marcus, I thought, put it pretty well in the podcast last night of, like, reminding him a little of an early clay defensively where, you know, Jonathan Kaminga is, and you're seeing what they're doing, they're putting him on DeRozan, they're putting him on LaMelo Ball, you know, go and, and just handle an individual assignment. His lateral quickness is really good. Start, stop, doesn't seem to reach much. Good shot blocker, shot contester from the weak side or, you know, straight on. But, you know, you do still see, like, he doesn't know what the hell, like, you know, defensive terminology is or know your personnel or, you know, any of that. That's exactly what Mark Jackson did to Clay. It's exactly what he did Yeah, to he's, you know, half the time, I mean, especially when you're in the arena looking at it, it's like they'll be running down the court in steps. Like, no, you're in the corner. Come on, go, <laughs> go over there. Come on. No, over there. That's what putting him on these primary ball handlers does, right? He doesn't have as much help responsibility because he's on the guy like he's not you know remember Draymond like sometimes like they don't want him on the three-point shooter even if he's a great three-point shooter because Draymond will come off him like you put him on the primary ball handler now Draymond is obviously an incredible help defender but it's like sometimes you engage the guy by putting him on the guy who's gonna have the ball and is the most dangerous player and so if you don't if you're not great in the rotation so what you're already on the guy that they're most worried about it's early. It's early clay. It's early Draymond like, right? I mean, Mark Jackson. Who did he put him on? He put him on Andre Miller in the playoffs. Like these are the ways coaches get used to a really emerging, you know, spectacular young talent who has some rough edges. No question. You know what was impressive, Slater? Uh, that we probably just kind of take for granted. Man, he's got really good like one-on-one defensive like technique. I mean, he 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 kind of gets low. He's wide. You know, Steve was talking about how he loves. How he doesn't reach. He doesn't foul. Like he just believes in his ability. Like yo, I'm six foot eight. I got a six eleven wingspan. Try to get around me, and if you try to go through me, I'm strong enough to absorb it. Like you don't see nineteen year olds this good fundamentally standing in front of a guy, especially some of these clever ball handlers. Like we were saying, Demar Derozan makes a lot of sense kind of a straight line guy he's gonna he's gonna make his move he's gonna go and you beat him to the spot or you don't but Lamelo might trick you a little bit and he was still like even on that play tk you were talking about if like when he, he's got Lamelo one-on-one like he gets up into him he's in his stance and he's like ready uh it's we i didn't see any of this in summer league at all like we're, <laughs> none of this is like yo this dude can really guard and when they start the ability to just throw him at somebody, it's very much akin to like when they were at their peak where they just had five or six guys to throw at. And he's obviously, you know, not experienced enough to 
rely on maybe against somebody like a Kevin Durant, but he get a few minutes just for a different look and make you feel it. And everybody was talking about the rebounding. I guess there was a play, I missed it, where he one-armed it and held off Miles Bridges or something like that. He just like bullied Miles Bridges and shoved him out the way. I actually worry about him as a rebounder, though. He doesn't seem to have great rebounding instincts. Well, that was a summer league issue, right? He, he did not. He wasn't great on defensive glass. He can jump and get to the offensive glass, but on. But although he's been fine in his, he had last five. Two he games. had five in yeah, sixteen yeah. minutes last night, and the, the play Marcus is talking about did happen. And it, well, I remember being like, "Oh, nice rebound!" Like that, you know, because there was a lot of times in summer league, and even a little bit in these like doses we've seen him early on, where it's just the ball's ricocheting in his area, and he's like, "Whoa." You know, and there was one yesterday where that actually did happen, and Iguodala looked at him and was like, grab the ball, grab it. So that's something to watch. But I would say the number one most encouraging stat from, I think, the last two games, he's played 26 minutes, zero turnovers in those 26 minutes. And that just shows what he's doing offensively, which is simplified. Like, that was a concern when you were like, you know, could they get him in the rotation and get him developmental minutes? It's like, well, he wants to be high usage. He wants to bring it up top. He's a turnover machine. I mean, I saw it in the G League game where, you know, they let him loose in the G League. They let him loose in the Summer League. And he's trying all these crazy passes and transition hit-aheads and throwing it over people's head. And he's, you know, it's like six turnovers every 30 minutes, basically. But in this Warriors role, not only is he accepting that, like, hey, my primary role is guarding, uh, you know, a scorer, but he's also, like, as an offensive player, like, really playing, like, a smart secondary slashing role. He's had a couple situations at the top of the key where they let him do some pick and rolls with Steph as a screener, which, by the way, is, I think is a really interesting option. And he's just either got to the rim for a layup or made a simple pass. He has not tried the spectacular passes that you see when he's in the G League and you see no just turnovers pile huh? up. No step back yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. Guess what? Only one attempted three in those uh, 26 minutes. No mid-range. It's all been at the rim smart stuff and like man if he can accept that role he does have a place on the team because that was the thing with moody it was like well moody was probably more ready because moody will be a three and d wing well coming is being a three and d wing right now it would be d and three for him though right it had to be. well i should d say and three, d but, d and layup basically yeah and dunk yeah and you can say it's positionless and that's i think what they love about him is like right when summer league what we're saying like this guy could play five and he clearly is big enough to play a lot of five in the NBA. I mean, they're playing Otto Porter at five sometimes. But if he can defend the wing and start, you know, up top, there's a couple times Steph's like dropping the ball off to him and have Kaminga bring it up. He did it at least once last night. Like there's some positionless freedom they have with Kaminga that they don't, you know, like we're kind of seeing they don't have it with some of these other guys. This is where I get in trouble when I talk about rotation, when, when guys are coming up, who's losing their minutes. Well, we saw what JTA was a DMP last night. Bielitsa is never going to close halves. He's just not going to close halves. It's just he's not that kind of player. And as you mentioned, Kaminga closed the first half. We're talking about him possibly closing the second half. Didn't, but he could. Like You can just see where the minutes are being shaved down. And again, people get really mad when we talk about this, but this is the reality. And then when Wiseman comes back, there's going to be more minutes shaved. And then when Clay comes back, there's obviously going to be huge minutes shaved. But we're beginning to see where this is going to happen. We can talk about Jordan Poole last night. You guys did already last night. But I also thought Bielitsa was terrible last night. He just won't shoot the ball. Like, it's really simple. He's pump faking out of a good shot. 
And when he does that, it's a 50-50 chance he's turning it over. <laughs> he's dribbling into the lane, and then the ball's the coming ball. out the other way. It's, 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 it's not quite Caspi-ish, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird. Like, and then he'll take, he'll take a set foot shot later. Yeah, he doesn't like, feel like he wants to. It's like when even when he does take the three, it's like he's, oh, wait a minute, I guess I got to shoot this. And yes, that's the offense. But it never feels like he's naturally like, here's the ball popping back to me. Boom, it's going up. I think it's a catch and shoot thing. Like when he's when he's got it and he's standing there and the defender's in front of him, like he, it seems like he'll he'll get it off. If it's all quick like that, if it's fast, he's going to fake and drive. Like it's all it's, it's like a <laughs> reflex. And it's so weird because like I mean, the point of him is that he's six what eleven, like. The closeout shouldn't be that much of a deterrent. Like, he should be able to get that shot over most of them. But all it takes is a semi-closeout, and he's he's not shooting it, and he's dribbling into trouble, which it was cool at first when it's like, oh, he's more than a shooter. He's a playmaker. Remember that? Yeah, he's a playmaker. He's, he's finally gets to spread his wings. and like, nah, you, you kind of got to shoot those, dude. Like, just just hoist it. Everybody else is. Why, why not? Yeah, well, Kerr said in the offseason he's most Spates, right? Most Spates 2.0, and he's not being most Spates. He's trying to be, I don't know what he's trying to be. Nikola uh, Jokic. Uh, yeah, you know, he's he, trying to get it. Yeah, he's just not, it's not what's best for him. No question. Remember Draymond's talking from the baseline of Staples, hyping him up. Like, I didn't know he was this type of playmaker. Like, this guy can pass it. He was EuroLeague MVP. I love the way he puts it on the floor. And then again, he did it opening night. And what was like maybe our main talking about post game? He had like five assists, including three to like close the Lakers out in Staples. So I think he got a little in love with that and the idea of it. I don't think it's a Caspi situation because I have seen him t- jack some deep ones too. We got to get Caspi on this show. We got to get his take on all this. I'm sure he'd love to come on with us since we're three now, of his favorite people. He wouldn't shoot at all. Like that was his problem. Here. But yes, I do yes, think yeah, the yeah. initial part with with Bielita was the reason he was getting those drives is because people were afraid he was going to shoot. Now I think they're like, he's not going to shoot it. <laughs> like he's going to drive. That's why he has to shoot in order to be able to create off the dribble he's got to shoot if he doesn't then they're not going to play the shot and that's really his advantage like he's not blowing by people off the dribble he's blowing by when people jump at him because they think they're he's going to shoot so the moment he loses that oh the shot's gonna fly he loses his advantage and he's just one of those guys like the warriors love it when these guys go in the lane that they just the balls they're swiping at the ball the whole time like the ball's coming out you you do that to a good defender the boss, Miles Bridges, whoever, they're going to swipe it and it's going to come out. And the referee is not going to call a foul because it's Bielitsa doing it. And the ball's coming out and you're going to go the other way. And, and those are brutal turnovers. He hadn't been good for a little while. And I would say Jordan Poole was really bad last night. I mean, not the shoot. He hit some shots, but how many turnovers did he have? He just dropped the ball. He's not great dribbling the ball up against a great, you know, somebody who can, can challenge him on, on the dribble. And he's not great at initiating by himself when the defense is focused on. This has not been a great span for Jordan Poole. This is who he is, right? I mean, I don't think anybody thought he was going to be a superstar. He's not Clay Thompson. But the also thing is, like, he'll give you a good game. He's going to give you some a couple bad games. And this was a really bad. I mean, that's how Steph shot terribly and still was plus 14 or wherever he was in 36 minutes. And then they're minus, you know, 18 in the six minutes that he doesn't play or whatever, how many minutes that is. Sorry, 12 minutes he doesn't play. It's 
because Jordan Poole was was really bad. And the defense was not so good either. Uh, this is certainly not early on when LaMelo's going off and he's not – he's like, looking. why is he shooting like that? Is he because Jordan Poole slothed off him and he gave him five feet and he just took the three? Boom, you know. That doesn't mean Jordan Poole's a bad player. He's a very important player to this team. But I think some of this is they're hoping Jordan Poole isn't a problem when Steph's off the floor. And it's still just hope. It's sometimes he's going to be a problem. Well, it's game to game. I mean, he he won a couple games for them a week ago. Remember, Steph, Steph's sick and really was kind of bad in like a middle portion of that homestand. And Jordan Poole had 31, then he had 26, then he had 25. But yeah, then he went on the road and it was, you know, an environment that I don't want to say spooked some of the Warriors, but it was new to them, right? I mean, and I didn't think Peyton was as, as uh, impactful as he's been lately. And, you know, Poole obviously 4-12 and, and Tim just mentioned all the bad parts of his game. Damian Lee came in and was 0-6 in an instant. I mean, he he missed four threes right away. And wide open, wide yeah. open shots so, too. Not not like tough. Shots. So when you have Damian Lee struggling, Poole struggling, Peyton really hasn't been that impactful, and then you know Kaminga's not ready. I don't, or may, he might have been ready last night, but Kerr was never going to close with him. That's how you get Kevon Looney in the closing lineup. Yeah, Port, Porter, and too. I don't. Porter was over too. I say, I wonder, Otto Porter maybe hitting a little wall here. <laughs> well, he got he got clipped think... the other night on the thigh and like left the game for a little while. And yeah, I mean, look, that's that's he was not moving well last night. He was not moving well last night, and it's understandable. I mean, he's had a lot of injuries in the last. Few remember years, that fall against so... Chicago where you know where his knee got sideswiped on his knee. So I'm saying maybe you know they got this depth. They got Kaminga coming on. It would not be. I would not be surprised to see Otto Porter miss three, four games coming up here. I would not be surprised. You know, I think that's the the problem with Porter and Bielitsa also, though, is like in faster games and smaller games, you know, Charlotte was switching last night. It was just more frantic in that arena. I thought it was a pretty good crowd in the fourth quarter. They're a little slow. And, you know, not that Looney isn't. (laughs) Looney's not starting from the perimeter, right? Like he's only got this short area. Listen, we we it's so so cliche to say it, but this this game really did put the X-ray on it. Clay Thompson is the missing ingredient with this this team, duh, right? Been for two years, but that they that's the extra piece. They've got four guys they feel very comfortable closing with: Wiggins, Iguodala, Steph, Draymond, and it's who's that fifth piece? Kirk couldn't find it last night. Do you understand why there weren't there was nobody presenting himself unless it was Kamingo? And that's not who it's going to be right now. And it's Clay Thompson. It's even when Wiseman comes back, Kerr is not going to feel comfortable closing with Wiseman. He certainly didn't last season. It's not going to happen at least early on this season. They need that other piece. They're hoping one of those other guys is it. Some and it has been for most of the season. Clearly, we don't want to be too negative. We're eleven and two, but like, who's that fifth player going to be? Who isn't just offense or just defense? You know, the two-way wings. Right, Kerr always saw two-way wings. It's Clay Thompson. They're paying him $40 million. That's who it is whenever he comes back. And until then, they're going to be searching. Or it's going to be Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> like that's, that's, Maybe it's that's Andrew Wiggins, who has been really good for long stretches. Probably maybe the longest stretch of aggressive Wiggins. Three games in a row where he's like, yo, I'm, I'm cooking. Yeah, that's three, three games. Three, we're saying three games in an eight-year career. Like, that's, but you might be right. Nah, you might be right. He had a lot of <laughs> long stretches, I thought, last season. I think they've been waiting for him to just look like he did last season. But were you thinking, like, oh, my God, they got to get the ball to Wiggins here down the stretch? I was no, not thinking that. No. The only time, I, I remember he had a 40-pointer 
in Memphis last year, I think it was in Memphis, with Steph out. That was the first time it was like, you know, like, heat check. Go get him. Go get him. Go get him, Wiggs. But again, like, down the street. I thought he was fine last night. I mean, no question it was fine. It was efficient. Uh, was made a couple threes. Made a big three late. But I never thought, like, while Steph's, like, you know, got all the defense around him and, you know, Andre and Draymond sitting there open looking for the play. Like, no, I'm not throwing it to you guys. I didn't think, okay, get it to Wiggins and he'll do something. I just didn't feel that from him last night. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. He is playing well, though. Marcus, remember that uh, shot clock violation he forced on LaMelo? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great block. I actually like how he's playing offensively. Like, he's really being selective. But when he's going, he's going. I actually think, Tim, they they needed him in the fourth quarter. But he didn't he didn't take over, right? That was the time and he didn't kind of say, All right. When Steph's dribbling around when Steph's dribbling around, like looking for something, you could tell like Wiggins was the only other offensive player on the floor. It, there was no question about that. Andre was especially not with that, shoot the ball. Especially with that lineup Steve put out there. Yeah, I was gonna say, like we had GP two out there for some minutes with that. Like Andre's GP two and Draymond all on the court in the last four minutes. That's not a good offensive unit. It, it's a good defensive unit, but it's not a good offensive unit. So Wiggins has to be aggressive in that case. He just has to be, and it just didn't feel like it was going to be. It's him. Like, I had somebody text me the game after his, the Timberwolves game and say, he's so frustrating to watch. He's so frustrating to watch. He should just go do it like he did. Like, it's not him. You just got to get – that's done. He's not that person. It's going to be in a complimentary role down the stretch from Steph. But – Again, you know, these are the lineups they've got right now. It's all offense, all defense. They don't. They have won a lot of games like this, but like Porter and Bielitsa were brought in for offense, and Steve does not feel comfortable with them down the stretch, and you can understand why. So then they have to manufacture it with the other guys. And Andre's been like, we're just putting Andre in the closing unit. I think you know it's understood. He is so effective, but he is not going to shoot. Well, he is not. You saw that in issue last night. I mean, I highlighted a play in when I wrote post game, but it was a wide open Iguodala in the corner. Charlotte doubled completely off of him, and Steph didn't even pass it to him. And you know, Andre Andre hasn't hit a three in like seven games. He went two of five on opening night, and overall, he's four of twenty one on the season. So really, in the last like however many games, it's been two of sixteen. So he's just kind of a non threat from deep right now. And when you have Andre and Draymond in a closing unit, like you, it's really, really important to have a, a someone else who can shoot. I mean, it's important to have Kevon Looney on the court, then, right? It's important. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, JTA, put them all out there, all, all at once. Just go and again. They're eleven and two, not emergency, but I think you know a Slater is zero. You can see some. You can see why they're not like considered a title contender quite yet and it's going to wait to I see mean, we're killing them but work back in Draymond and Looney was yeah. one for one in crunch time last night uh, that's all I'm saying <laughs> Looney should have been featured you got to run nah, the offense with Looney, for Looney. Run the, uh, that was huge that was gigantic and, and uh, I give credit to Steph for continuing to throw it to Looney and I give Looney credit for continuing to like try to score and pick up the foul because we've seen times where guys don't want to shoot the free throw, so they pass it out. But he's just not effective in that role. He's just not effective doing that. It's just not who he is. He's effective in a lot of other ways. But as the roller, when Steph's uh, getting double teamed, that is not that is not Kevon Looney. And we can all say James Wiseman 
that's a role for him. Maybe not to close games, but man, it, Wiseman with that group would be flushing the ball in, in that situation. But I'm mean to Looney. I'm mean to Looney. That's 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 my role. How much of uh, what we saw is just like a matchup thing? Because we saw this with uh, Memphis, and now we've seen it with Charlotte. Are those two teams just uniquely fit to defend the Warriors? Or is this like a real critical flaw? Memphis, at this point, is not uniquely fit to defend anyone. They are the 30th oh, ranked defense terrible. in basketball. Which is crazy. Uh, but that night they were kind of active and deflecting, switching scheme. Uh, I mean, physical, physical. To me, a little bit what I wrote last night, it's it's not that it's like a matchup based thing. This is just another reminder that when the throttle gets turned up defensively, when it's a more playoff environment, which is like, you know, a regular season, if it only starts to feel like the playoffs in like the last four minutes of a close game where, where both teams are pretty good, that has always historically been a harder you know, type of setting for Steve Kerr's offense to work. You know, the read and react stuff. The suddenly, you know, the loony coming up and the slip screen stuff and some of like, you know, the off ball stuff. It's just, it gets shut down a little bit better. And then suddenly it's Steph who feels the pressure. You could tell last night in Charlotte, he was like, you know, uh oh, like none of this stuff's working. Let me start going for home runs. And then suddenly he's chucking threes even before they can get into the action. And it's why, as Marcus, you even mentioned on the podcast last night, it's why Durant not only made sense obviously Kevin Durant made sense but like was always Durant's argument like remember Houston when when Houston was doing all their switching stuff it came down to all right Kevin Durant let's go get like 35 run a set play go an iso you know that's if they're going to go defense they don't have the guys like you can really iso with so that becomes the conversation and and the answer always is clay right that's always going to be their answer and it's a good answer, and and we'll see when that. He'll works help out. the floor spacing, but I mean, look, it's just going to be every team has a weakness. You know, if we were sitting here breaking down the Utah Jazz, we'd be talking about like playoffs and what happens when you know they go small against Rudy Gobert and get him in pick and roll, blah blah blah. Lakers, you know, what are they going to do with Westbrook and LeBron on the floor? The Nets, uh, you know, is James Harden going to be in shape? Some of the other stuff, like every team has something to discuss right now. To me. The Warriors are eleven and two, but I think in their two losses, we've seen like where it can go wrong for them, and that to me is crunch time offense because I think they're sturdy enough defensively. And the defense is fine. The defense is fine. I mean, it was good last night for most of the, most of the way, and but you know Kerr has those pieces. He likes to use, deploy them on defense. Andre's a defensive player. Draymond might be defensive player of the year. Kavon's a defensive player then it becomes how do you manage an offense around that. And, well, that's a lot. That feels like last year. Like, I mean, it does. That was the interesting part, right? They went out and got all these pieces. They got Bielitsa. They got Otto Porter. They added Jordan Poole to the rotation. And then the end, it was still like, yo, Steph, can you just make some shots? (laughs) Like, we don't have have much else. All those players you mentioned were We're not not on on the floor. They were not on the floor. And had a good argument for not being on the floor, too. Jordan Poole is going to go up and down. I think totally different conversation t- today. If Jordan Poole hits four of those shots and they were there or doesn't drop the ball a couple times, hey, that's basketball. You know, it's a different yeah, conversation. Damian Lee they, hits a couple of those he shots. He didn't hit different conversation. Yeah. Damian Lee, yeah. And, you know, this is just the way that goes. I think I like GP2. You know, I like GP2. I was 
questioning him. Do you really like GP like too? Do you really he's, like GP? I like him. I mean, he he puts the ball up, but he's not gonna. I mean, look, I think the shooting is. Man, he in his first four. What happened, man? It's like <laughs> I know. And what happens is it's regression to. No, this is the we passed the me now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even like the fifteen footer, he's just like that's not a comfortable shot for him. That's okay. It's no one ever claimed that he was going to be a great shooter. But I just like for a while there, I thought, okay, you know what? And I think the Warriors thought if he makes two of five, you know, randomly in there, that's great. Well, I don't think he's going to make two of five. This is just not who he is. He's an incredible finisher. He is valuable. I'm agreeing with all these things. He's better than Avery Bradley for them. All these points are well taken. He's not a 20-minute-a-guy game, though. He just is not that. His, that is not his role on a good NBA team because those guys have to go get buckets at some point, and his buckets are all reactive buckets. They're all off a cut. They're off an offensive rebound. They're off a you know, run out. They're not like two passes, okay, GP, just go beat your guy. That's not going to be him. That's okay. These are things that they're looking at. But they don't have any of those guys. Like they got Steph and Jordan Poole. That's it. Jordan Poole. Steph and Jordan, Jordan Poole. Yeah, Jordan Poole. Yeah. Kaminga. Kaminga. Really? I mean, that's where you. Wiseman. Like, again, let's not. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not like exaggerate. We, we've seen it for two games with Kaminga. Like, I, what I always talk about: who will go out and get a two? Who will get a two for this team? And Steph Curry, and occasionally Jordan Poole, and even more occasionally Andrew Wiggins. And we've just seen Kaminga. Like he's a guy who might be able to go out and get a two. We've seen it only about four times yet, but I do like when they put Kaminga at the top of the key and they bring Steph over as the screener, particularly when there's shooters on the floor with them, you know, when it is Damian Lee and Bielitsa, because, man, that's just a tough action to guard because, you know, Steph's defender is not going to switch on to Kaminga. He's going to stick on Steph. The bigs are taught, you know, uh-oh, Steph Curry's in my vicinity. This entire scouting report is like, you know, stay somewhat connected to him. And Kaminga's got such a burst. He's faster than a lot of these, you know, even the wings that are guarding him, but particularly, you know, the bigs. Once he gets downhill, like, nobody's coming over to block it's that the shot. It's the takeoff. Yeah. Cl- oh, man. When yeah. you take off. He just glides, and he's got really good touch. You know, when it, like, he does not clank those layups. Like, those are smooth, easy fingers rolls off the glass you know it doesn't need to be off the glass obviously he can dunk when he Yo, that figure roll was like a next level athleticism huh like you just don't see that like i could duck it but you know what let me uh, yeah. It's like yeah let me just yeah. turn and pull <laughs> this over so you know again i don't think it's, it's steve kerr's gonna dial you know 15 of those up tomorrow night in brooklyn but particularly as we project this thing out over the next three years because remember this is a three four year plan one four inverted pick and rolls with Steph and Kaminga will become the new like Wiseman in a dunker it. spot. Let's go. <laughs> uh, there you go. I mean, you know, I mean, they do like Kaminga's like dream. We're talking right? about. Here. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that we can say all these things and he's nineteen. Like, I, I was thinking last, like, like I know Wiseman had some really good games last season. You know, four, four or five of them. But he, was he ever like this? Like, like you could just see the expansiveness. I mean, you could see it in a in a role. Like Kaminga, we're talking about him like as a defensive stopper on the wing, a guy who could take the ball at the top of the key and get to the rim. Like there's some things that this guy's showing at 19. Defense is gonna get him on the floor. Once you're on the floor, now you now all kind of options open up for offensively. The, the problem with some of the guys we're talking about is they can't take advantage of the options. Like Gary Payton's gonna get on the floor because of his defense, but what else can he do? And that that's gonna determine how long he plays. Same with JTA. Kaminga's gonna get minutes because of his defense, 
And then that's going to create opportunities for him to do things offensively. And when it's the other way, it's harder. Like, you know, if you get cooked on defense, like it kind of like Jordan Poole, right? You kind of got to hold your own first. Otherwise, you got to be like lights out on offense in order for it to kind of pan out. At least at least playing for Steve anyway, he's going to always value that. That's the thing about Kaminga. He's going to always be able to guard or be a, be a plus on defense and have something they could use, which means like the rest is working out offensively. I somewhat agree, but I bet there will be podcasts slash games that, that we watch where Kaminga makes like four defensive errors. Yeah, that's just, that's just part yeah. of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's being 19. But that's being, yeah, nine, well, yeah, that's being to, 19. And, to you Tim's know. original question, like we did have a lot of like you know segments last year after some really good Wiseman games where we're like, whoa, this is happening really quick. And this, you know, is it advancing? I mean, but it but is. But was it defense though? I don't think it was defense. Yeah, it wasn't defense. Yeah, it wasn't, there were it a couple defense. moments defensively. I remember a Minnesota game where he had not only did he have twenty five, he was like he he got Edwards at the rim a couple times. He, there were there were a few times where you could see the flashes of like, oh yeah, he is seven one monstrous. He caught a block. I think it was in Milwaukee. Like somebody threw a floater and he caught it and then ran the floor with it. And we we're like, whoa! Like you know, you do see the visions of this this rim protector now. It's going to be a lot easier for Jonathan Kaminga to survive as a, as a perimeter one, you know, one-on-one individual defender in the in the modern NBA as a as a big. That's so hard. I mean, like you know, it's it's why they value what Looney does so much because like the the big is the the brains behind the defense, basically calling everything out. You're exploited more, so I think it will be easier for Kaminga to get on the floor. My point generally though is like. I think we had these moments with Wiseman last year. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we had these, but we're not having in the Warriors-style conversation, right? If it's Wiseman, it's a little different. With Kaminga, you can say, this guy could play a big wing. Well, wait a minute. That's exactly what the Warriors have floors with, with Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala, Shaw Livingston, da, 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 on and on and on and on. And Kaminga seems to fit that style, that, you know, that Kerr is not going to be looking for ways to pull him out of the lineup. He's going to be looking for ways to get him in. With Wiseman, they threw him out there, and then Kerr said, I got to get him out of here. But just because it's just the size, just because the foot speed, just because of the things that the errors that, that you can make that just don't show up when it's six foot eight and have that kind of wingspan. So I agree. I understand what you're saying, but Kaminga does seem to fit the modern NBA. <laughs> he really seems to fit like. You can just see where, like, you play him and you, like, don't, maybe you don't play Andre for a night. Can he be, he can't duplicate the leadership and the ball movement, but can he duplicate some of the other things? Yes. Can he duplicate some of the things that JTA has done? Yes. Can he duplicate some of the things that, like, you know, you can just go down the line and go, yes, he can. You can't say that about Wiseman, again, for just position reasons, but. That's a lot to say for him. I mean, he's all of a sudden ahead of Moses Moody. I mean, like that happened in about a blink, right? Like, boom, he's Moody's more prepared. Moody's the more basic set for me. And then what happened in three games, we got Kaminga ahead of him, and he deserves to be ahead of him. He's ahead of JTA, too, right now. Yeah, well, he's obviously ahead of JTA. I mean, I mean, JTA will have his moments. We all know it, but Kaminga's ahead of JTA. I mean, it's already happened. Marcus, comment on that one? Yeah, uh, you sleep on JTA, and he will prove to you once again. <laughs> Why you can't give up? Once again, Kawakami, you've gone down this road before. I have, I have. I always Kawakami hates dudes who are just not lottery picks. <laughs> if you're below twenty, if you're below twenty, he's like, "Why are you down there? What are you down there for? 
Why you get drafted so late? Tell me what Make it is. Make them earn it. <laughs> Something's wrong with you. But then I, I credit them when they earn roles. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying, look, the coach is the one who's showing it, not me. The coach is the one who's showing it. And the coach did not play GTA yesterday. So I'll put it that Put it on Steve Kerr, and not you me. Know, I, put, I, put I, I do Steve think Kerr, not me. that's his role on the team too, right? Like if they're good, if they're competing for a championship, you know, JTA is not playing 25 minutes. He's a he's a nice chip to be able to throw in when you need it, right? Or you know, if, uh, no question. Yeah. Like he was last season. Somebody like he was gets last hurt, season. like he can fill in. Like you, you do need those guys. If Draymond misses ten games, who's getting a ton of minutes? It's going to be JTA. I mean, like, there's no question. But Kaminga is like that's why they're yeah, a deep team. Kaminga that's why they're a deep team. Is like rotation. Like he he's he's heading to that. You know, he's got to be on the floor. They were saying, it's funny, too, because Slater, you were on this probably heavier than anybody. Like, yo, why is this dude not playing preseason? Why is he not playing preseason? <laughs> so they, they were saying he got hurt or whatever, but it's just weird that they played. He wasn't in the rotation before, before he, he got, got hurt. hurt. Yeah, but they were, play, they were playing this as a far more long-term thing. Well, look, I think a lot of that was, and I mean, we talked about it at the time, but there was this, like, attempted statement by the coaching staff of like what is this season about it's not about the rookies it's not about these gifted minutes it's about, it's about like chase wins, veterans baby. and win now and like all right rookies like you know latch onto the bandwagon at the back and if you earn your way up here to the top okay you'll get the minutes like Kaminga, like we're starting you at the bottom earn it and I get it, and maybe it were. You know, I think a lot of in a lot of ways, what they've done is certainly is better than the strategy they took with Wiseman last year, which is like, uh, you know, you missed all of preseason, like starting opening night, like tip off, let's go. But you know, at the same time, like, yeah, you know, Jonathan Kaminga probably could have used like twenty minutes a night in preseason, but whatever. They want a Porter and Bealitza. You know, they wanted them on the floor with Steph and Draymond. That's what they dedicated it to. That was the point. I get it. One other thing should be said. Their preseason really was a trampoline into the regular season. Like, the way yeah, they no, came that, together that with that, that urgency. Big. Like, there's a reason they started this. Remember opening night? It was, like, them against the Lakers. They, they beat the Lakers because one team had spent two weeks, like, really ramping it up. The other team was like, oh, you know, okay, the, the lights finally tick on tonight. We'll actually start, like, trying to figure some things out. And I do think Kaminga had to, like, show him something, too, right? You know? He had he had his, you know, idea of how he would play. I remember Draymond saying, "What well, what did he say? He was like, he think he invented swag or something like that." He's a Draymond made a comment. He said he thinks he's the swaggiest guy. Yeah, on yeah, that kind of disposition, you know, where he came in and he, you you know he just got these kind of like this aura about him, like, "Yo, I know I'm about to be really good." And I think he's shown them some things. Like, when you talk to people behind the scenes, they're like, man, what they were saying about him during the draft process was wrong. He is down for the work, right? He is willing to do the the little things. He's listening to all of what they're saying. We had somebody tell us last night, like, the, the rep was kind of, he was low IQ. But he's got a really good feel for the game. Like, all the stuff they had to learn about him and grow. But I think it's part of him saying, yeah, what what does it take? <laughs> what, whatever that is. I'll do that. Apparently, it's go guard Steph in, in practices, right? I mean, that's something. When I saw that, I went, whoa, they're trying something here. They are trying That was the wild here. part to me, TK. I'm like, yo, they're really trying to, they're really, this is Frankenstein. They're like, yo, guard Steph. Let's see what you can do. Like, they're really trying to make something here. I, again, I, I got that note from somebody, uh, you know, early last week, whenever it was. And it was like, really, your defensive stopper. Like, that's what you're looking at. 
I, you know, we had not heard. Uh, maybe you guys had heard. I not, had not like heard in that, that vein. It was like he could play yeah. defense. Yeah. But, whoa, like, watch what he, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And not a wing, like not wing, like, you know, go get the best you know, perimeter offensive player. And I just heard that. And I went, okay. And then they start playing him like that. I went, okay, I guess they really saw that because they're doing it. And they clearly did it in practice. And they clearly, if they're throwing him at Steph in scrimmages or whatever they're doing, like they are like, Maybe they just said it like that. You want to get on the floor? This is how you get on the floor. And show it to us against 30. Show it to us against the singular offensive performer in this era of the, with Durant. And let's see what you can do. And if he answered the bell, clearly he did and to their satisfaction. That does tell us a lot about him. That I think at 19 years old, you can say, this is this is a guy who's going to do some things in this league. And it's probably... And he blew me off because he couldn't be late for the bus. What was up with that? That's a that's a huge... That's a what pro, was up with that? Like, come on, Jonathan. That's a pro. He's like, man, I'm just a rookie. Like, all right, I guess. Marcus, we got to get to practice today. So you should be able to get him today if you want him. But we got to get out there. So that'll do it for the Jonathan Kaminga podcast. <laughs> we got net nets. Kaminga plus minus. Warriors. Let's go. Yeah, so you think people might want to be interested or interested in hearing about Jonathan Kaminga? I think they might be interested. So I think we're okay on this topic. Nets today, so. Warriors tomorrow. The number one and number two scorers in the league, Kevin Durant, who's having an absurd start to the season, uh, and Curry. And I would say probably the one-two candidates for MVP at this point of the season. MT, have you talked to KD since uh, he left? A few times. We, we've, we've shared a few texts, but not, not very much. I'm just curious, like, if he still feels like, are you going to go out there and try to destroy him? I probably will. Well, probably he went will. out and destroyed the Thunder last night. Uh, yeah, well, he's getting just, cascaded he with booze in Oklahoma City still. <laughs> um, well, what does that mean right now, though? Hey, mean you mean the there. Thunder who he, he broke their four-game win streak? Okay, the Thunder had won four in a row. They're rolling. We'll see. We'll see. Let's so apparently, the, apparently the pregame intros in Oklahoma City last night went Durant, Cascade of Booze, Blake Griffin, who's from Oklahoma City, Cheers, mm. James Harden, Booze. And it was just this, like, <laughs> I can't imagine me that reading last night. But anyway. Later with his uh, OKC report, everybody. There you go. OKC. Right. OKC. Drink. <laughs> um, all right. We, me and Marcus will talk to you uh, postgame from Brooklyn. It's a great time out!